It is Friday, December 2nd, 2016, and it is a special Friday edition of the MCS Mastercast. I am your regular host, Chris Chase, a.k.a. That Chris Chase on Twitter, a.k.a. Chris Chaser, doing it for the gram, and it is so fun to be speaking to you, the listener, on this right before or right the day, the start of the weekend. Everyone's working for the weekend, the band Loverboy. Canadian band once said, and it is true. And on this day, before you get ready for your Saturday and your Sunday, you get to listen to a conversation with me and my friend Adam Gilfillan of adamgilfillan.com. Adam is a full-time evangelist uh, speaker who goes to different uh, church groups and events uh, to spread the good news of the gospel, and he does it full-time. Uh, I um, I have a job. As you know, if you've been listening, or if you know me, I am the Dean of Students at Master's College Seminary. It is my regular job. It is my 9 to 5 or 1 to 8, depending on when I go in, or all day, depending on when I'm answering emails or answering, taking phone calls, things like that. But on occasion, I get to go out and do speaking. On occasion, not all the time, uh, but every so often, I'll get an invitation that works well with what a church is looking for and what I'm hoping to do. Uh, it works well with, with recruiting and being able to tell the story about Master's College and Seminary and inviting or engaging people in the idea of possibly taking one year of their lives to dedicate towards studying the Word of God, studying leadership to become a better leader, to be a stronger leader uh, in churches, in uh, the secular world, if you will, um, within our fellowship, all that sort of stuff. I get those opportunities. Like I just had this past weekend, I was um, with the Cambridge section of the Western Ontario District uh, with some uh, great pastors and leaders uh, led by their section head, uh, section leader, if you will, uh, Rob Croft, who is like just a, uh, Rob is just a great, great, great stellar uh, veteran uh, youth ministry leader and just being able to hang out with them. Uh, I just had a great time with, with them and the four youth groups, if I remember correctly, and just being able to hang out with them, do life with them for, for a couple of days. I get to do that uh, on a additional basis to the full-time work that I do. My friend Adam does this for his life. Every He's he's hoping that all the time he's able to be, not, as much, not all the time, but he's able to be regularly out uh, sharing the gospel uh, and telling people about the great news of Jesus. And that's, this is, that's a really cool thing, but it's also a really scary thing. And so Adam and I, we talk a little bit about that, his upbringing, how we got started in his faith development, in his faith story, when the the call of God, he really felt that on his life to to go into ministry, and when he just just started to feel the switch, a move from working in church related ministry inside a church to then going on the road, and being uh, what he is doing now, which is a full time evangelist. So it's a really cool conversation uh, that I get to have with him. Uh, and, you know, and I'm looking forward to doing more of these with Adam, uh, almost kind of like a life on the road series where he, he, he can tell stories of what he's learned and what he's experienced and uh, cool things are happening in churches across Canada because that's what's happening to my man. Like we grew up and we used to go to youth group. I uh, know youth groups are youth camp together uh, at Lakeshore Pentecostal Camp in Coburg, Ontario. Our youth groups were, were linked because our youth pastors were really good friends. So we got to get together as youth groups and hang out all the time. And we just got along famously and we always have. And uh, I'm thankful um, that Adam's one of those friends that we always will get along famously. Just 
just get on that way. And to see my man on airplanes now going to different parts of Canada, being able to preach and use his gift and that God's given him is just an amazing thing. And, um, and so you're, I know you're really going to enjoy his humor. I laugh a lot. So forgive me if I interrupt the conversation because I'm laughing. Adam is a funny guy and he's always been able to make me laugh that way. So it's really cool. Um, one of the things I do want to talk about before we transition into this conversation is I am, uh, I am. if you did not know this, you you would have known this from, I think it's our second episode. Our first episode was with Jess Nelder, uh, the new recruiting and uh, admissions counselor and master's. She's not really new anymore. She's just the recruiting and admissions counselor and master's. Second uh, episode was with my friend Stefan Leroy Watson. And in the one of the two episodes that we have is a two-parter. Uh, Stefan and I, we talk about wrestling and our enjoyment for wrestling. And we got kind of made fun of, called nerds for that. Well, you know what? We don't mind being called nerds because two Mondays ago, two Mondays ago, Stefan and myself and a group of friends of ours, we went to Monday Night Raw in Toronto at the ACC, and it was the best. It was Stefan who's been on the webcast, my friend Steve Bradley, uh, who's been on the on, on the on the on the podcast before, uh, Matt Baker, who should be on the podcast at some point, um, the architect of the entire thing of, of our of our excursion towards the ACC for Monday Night Raw, Ben Cochran, who is the uh, one of the the, the the finance officers at Masters College and Seminary, who's a good friend of mine, who's just uh, who always makes fun of me uh, in the nicest way possible, and I let him get away with it because he's much bigger than I am and um, El Patron uh, Rich Janes and his kids we all went to Monday Night Raw and it was the coolest thing in the world for multiple reasons one because we love wrestling and we got to see some really cool things uh, we got to see Enzo and Cass got to see Seth Rollins uh, two Canadian boys in uh, Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens it was just fantastic um, you know all just good stuff but then it was about the community that we saw like just like if you go to a wrestling show, there's no way that you can be made fun of because everybody who's there is a fan, and everyone's there is just who has been a fan for a long period of time, or they're dating somebody who's a fan and they're just going begrudgingly. But it was so much fun. And if you are friends with Stefan Watson on Facebook, you need to watch a video that took place after wrestling because it is one of the funniest things I have ever seen. And only in a community of like-minded people can that happen. I'm telling you, and we have the opportunity. Listen to this transition right now. We, as a church, we have the, our own community, our own community language that we understand. And my friend Adam, listen to the transition, he gets to visit all of these various communities and all of these cultures and all of these languages and um, and kind of insert a little bit of his personality and his story uh, and the gospel into them. And so I know you're going to enjoy uh, his story and uh, it's going to be a good time. So take a listen. It's me chatting with my friend Adam. This is the MCS Mastercast. I, I, I will do that. <laughs> Um, Thanks. He, here on the Mastercast of my friend Adam Gilfillan of AdamGilfillan.com. Dude, you have your own yeah. website with your name on it. I know. It's really weird and awkward for me. I, I'm, I'm really uncomfortable about that. <laughs> but, that's, but, that's the, but that's how you, you're able to not necessarily promote yourself, but yeah. you promote yourself, right? And you are, yes. you are a full-time evangelist. Yes, that is correct. That is like... And, and and like and I I, I want to get there. I want to be able to get there to that point where we're kind of talking about like the right now. Yeah, there are going to be some people that the seven people who listen to this mastercast, <laughs> not including my wife, because my wife does not listen to these. Yeah, um, 
um, they might not know who you are. Okay. So you and I, we grew up in Montreal. Um, yes. And uh, you went to church, uh, Greenfield Park Pentecostal Church. Absolutely, yes. Like, walk me through a little bit. Like, again, like, these are things that I know, but for the person who doesn't know, like, walk me through a little bit about, like, your journey to faith and how, like, God became, like, the, 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 the one that you were after in everything in yeah. your life. Yeah. Um, grew up in church. I actually was born going to Evangel. Um, Shout out to Evangel. Absolutely. Patty Miller. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I haven't been there since she's been there, but um, neither, neither my mom. I, okay, my mom was uh, on the uh, in the orchestra. What? She uh, she played the French horn. Wow. And, uh, I didn't know that. and yeah, and so I used to go uh, to her practices and hang out with um, Billy Massey Jr. while he played the drums. Wow. And that, uh, is, that is like a throwback. That's crazy. absolutely absolutely. And, uh, but you know, that was a very young age. We moved, uh, from Brossard into St. Bruno. And so it was a little further of a drive. And so our family made the switch to Greenfield Park. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, it was one of those growing up in church. And, uh, and then at 13, I was sitting in the back row and, um, our former youth pastor had come back that week with some students to, um, to do like our VBS, uh, funny thing is his name was Stuart church. Like his last name was church, which is pretty Ooh, cool. Wow. Yeah, I know. And, uh, and so he, he then uh, became a biker. Yeah, exactly. I think he's a police officer actually is what I heard last. <laughs> um, but, uh, he, uh, he did a salvation call and I was that kid. I still kind of am. Um, uh, the guy who liked to make the jokes at the worst time. Like I'm that kid that most pastors get frustrated with. And, uh, and Sarca- I was I, sarcasm, sarcasm, <laughs> shout out. And, Spencer. Uh, yeah. and, um, and so what happened was he gave a salvation call and I'm sitting in the back and I, ha- I literally had one of those conversations in my head that everybody to my right, um, I, I want to impress with everything that I am. They're older than I am. I want to fit in with them. Um, and if I step out, I'm stepping away from that. And, uh, and I made that walk to the front, and my youth pastor at the time was uh, Tim Stevens, and uh, and he uh, he prayed for me at the front and led me to the Lord. And then, funny story is, no joke, I'm in the in the bathroom going, uh, standing at the urinal next to my lead pastor who's going to the bathroom while Tim Stevens is washing his hands, and he tells me, "Hey, Adam, did you tell Pastor Dave what happened?" And so, while we're both going to the washroom, I shared with him that I accepted Christ that night. And uh, it was just a pretty interesting moment. We we hugged uh, and then went back to finishing what we were doing. And uh, <laughs> um, some of that may not be accurate. And um, so shout out to Dave Soames. And uh, Dave and Soames. So, oh, that's another name I haven't heard in a long time. Wow, crazy. Yeah, yeah. So um, so that was that was my accepting Christ for myself, not just I go to church. That was yeah. my moment of of separate, separating myself from the crowd. And then um, I wouldn't say that I, I lived the perfect life, but I think like truthfully my last year of high school um, was my, my year where I'm like, I'm committing my life to this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it was, it was real for me um, in my sixth year of high school. It only takes five years to do high school, but I loved it in grade eight. So I went back a I second time yeah, and, and, uh, and so yeah, it was fractions, fractions, man. Fractions will get you. Absolutely. And so, um, so it was that year I switched high schools and, uh, I, it was, it was real to me. And, uh, I think it was the, the most impact I had 
as a Christian living in a school where you're pretty much the only Christian. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and for me, it, it's that year that makes me wish I lived like that more than just that last year, you know? So, so like it was it in that last year of high school that, that the bug for ministry began or was it earlier? Um, it was the year before, I think it was the year before I, um, I was sitting in a pizza hut with Richie Baudouin, and uh, <laughs> I'm just throwing out all the names. Listen, um, if, if that's not a Quebec last name, I don't know. Richie Baudouin. <laughs> Baudouin. So, man, I, I don't know. I think I had in my in my high school life, and as a, as a student in youth ministry, I think we had four or five youth pastors in all the years that I was in youth ministry. Um, so we were basically a stepping stone to another church. Um, <laughs> so maybe, maybe, maybe. Um, so it was interesting, but, um, so I'm sitting in a pizza hut and, uh, and Richie asked me, he said, Adam, what are your, what are your plans for your life? And so I told him, I said, um, truthfully, and it was like detailed basketball, this and basketball. If I don't make it to this school, I want to go to this school. And like, I had everything mapped out in my head and I shared what seemed like, uh, forever. And then he's like, that's so cool. It's so exciting. Uh, but I actually think that you're you're made for ministry, and uh, and I was like, check please, you know, like who wanted to have that conversation after yeah. that, and uh, and then I just wrestled with it. Like basketball took a backseat for a bit, like in my in my enjoyment, like it was still what I did, but the joy wasn't there anymore. I was yeah. frustrated with it, and uh, and I just started thinking more, and uh, and I kind of let it sit. But I had a conversation with somebody, and they said this to me. They said, um, Adam. Think about it this way: If you choose um, basketball, ch- there there are chances where you could give up on church slash ministry because of what the, that world offers you. Um, and he said, and and I understand you can still be a Christian and play basketball, but he's just talking about the temptation that comes along with a person who plays basketball. Yeah. And uh, and 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 then he said this: He said, um, but if you choose ministry, basketball will always be there for you. True. And. That's a good point. Uh, and so I was like, okay, you know, and so I, I didn't say yes to it then, but I, I was more accepting to it. And then um, in my last year of high school, I was being asked to um, play for uh, Vanier after I graduated from high school. Really? And uh, yeah. And so I was going to their their practices um, in my last year of high school, um, like during their like tryout season, I guess you could say. So a lot of pickup stuff with former players, current players. And, uh, and then I, I just... I knew that my calling was something different. So I moved to Oshawa, lived with my brother, and uh, and I told the coach that I was leaving. Funny story is, this is really crazy. The coach at the time, his brother used to be a pastor at Evangel way back in the day, um, Stephen Herzog. Wow. Stephen yeah. Herzog, who was yeah. the president of Vanguard College, who's now out in Eurasia doing – wow, that's crazy. Yeah. So his brother was the, was the coach at Vanier. That is and, crazy. Uh, yeah, really crazy story. And so anyways, uh, no joke, I'm sitting in, in my house in Oshawa, like feels like a year after I, I left that decision. And uh, my phone rings and I pick it up and, and I'm like, hello. He goes, hey, Adam, it's Andy. So Andy Herzog, the coach, he's like, I got your number. Hope you're doing well. He's like, I, you know, I know you're pursuing something else, but if ever you change your mind, you're back in town, let me know. I could love for you to come practice with our team and stuff. And so that temptation to go back to it was there. Um, but I, I just knew in my heart, um, that I was called to something different and, and I still got like basketball still been so much a part of my life, even after I, I decided to go into ministry. So, 
Um, so yeah, so my, my second to last year and last year were those years where ministry started tugging at my heart. So, well, I remember when we were, when we were teens, I remember you telling me that you had got a chance to speak at your church. Uh, when yeah. life gives you lemons, make lemonade. Yeah, it's true. That was the first <laughs> message I ever preached. <laughs> it was like, oh man, the, no, no joke. The, the, the first thing I did that night it was a night service when night services were cool. Night services. Um, you know, I used to say this, I used to say that, um, morning service was for reputation and night services were for visitation. Mm, and, come on. uh, oh, my goodness. hello. And, uh, mm. and so, I'm to get um, saved on this mastercast. Oh my goodness. Well, you, you know, and so that night I preached a message and the first thing I did was imitated my lead pastor, nice. um, and, and how he delivers messages. And I thought it was spot on. Um, but it's funny. I never was asked to preach again, but, um, there you go. So, but I, I think I was like 19 and, um, they asked me because, um, when Richie left as youth pastor, um, they had me kind of not take over, but kind of give leadership, um, to the youth ministry in the transition time. And, uh, and so they had me preach on a Sunday night because of that. And I had a close relationship with our lead pastor, Dave Soames. And, uh, and so that's kind of where that came from. So. Well, so it was. It was. It's. 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 preaching something you always you want to. What you, ah, no, no, no. The way I'm, what I'm trying to say is, is that something you always <laughs> want to do? Yeah, I um, literally as a teenager had uh, dreams of uh, me preaching um, on stages to people, and uh, and so it's always been there and. And that's, I think that's why in my early stages as a youth pastor, when I, all my friends or people I know are getting asked to go speak at retreats and it's not happening for me, I'm, I'm questioning God, like, hey, what are those dreams that you gave me? You know, because they were real dreams. Like they weren't just like I was daydreaming. It was I'm sleeping and I'm, I'm preaching in my, in my dream and, and I'm seeing people accept Christ when, I, when I'm asleep. And, and it was just so, so real to me. And so I, I never let go of it. Like it was even before I knew I was called to ministry, though I was having those dreams. And, uh, and so it's always been something that I've been passionate about. And, and, you know, like I, I said, even to my wife last year after junior high convention, I said, Rach, I said, I, I believe, you know, that God has called me to something and, or given me an ability to do something. And I, and I don't want to do it for fame or popularity. I do it because I, I want to do it the best that I can for him. And, uh, and it's always, it's always been there. The preaching part, I've, I've, I like to talk. I, 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 sometimes I'm very long winded, but I, I enjoy everything ab- about that moment, <laughs> you know, so it's good. Okay, so you go from Montreal, you spend some yeah. time um, all over Canada, if you will, kind of gaining experience and gaining life and some good, some not. You're back in uh, in the Durham region. You're getting you're hanging out with a mutual friend of ours, mm-hmm. Clark Fitzgerald. Uh, Jamal Moran. Yes, absolutely, the legend. Legend. Yeah. God love that Jamal yeah. Moran. He's fantastic. <laughs> um, and then you you get the the opportunity to to go to a church in Orleans, Ontario. Yeah. Close to Ottawa, yeah. For the people who don't know the whole regional thing. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And you're you get you're the youth pastor there. Yeah. And then through transition. Your boss ends up being probably, and I think you would agree with me on this, one of the best orders we have in mm-hmm. in our fellowship, in our in in the the PAOC, in in Jeffrey Scott, um, MC Hammer Hillier. Yes, yes, or half court Hillier for some. 
they are half court hillier. We should. I wish I could put videos up on this thing, but I can't. <laughs> yeah, oh, I know. Just to show, I know. Just to show, just just chest shots, right? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> um, what are some? If, if um, as somebody who loves preaching, as somebody who's really good at it, what mm-hmm. are some things that you learned from him? Mm-hmm. Uh, not much. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um. <laughs> You know, the, the that, truth and, is, and that's what I thought. That's what I thought, and that's all I wanted to hear from you. That has been. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, um, you know, I, I sit back all the time, and I and I always say, if I could take um, the gifts that I believe I have in my communication style, and um, have Pastor Jeff's um, knowledge and like study habits, um, I would. I, I think I would be that much better of a communicator because he is, he is so smart when it comes to preaching and uh, you know, like he, he really, really has, he pulls out stuff out of the text that I'm like, wow, that's so good. And, uh, and so I, you know, for me it was, it was just the study habits because um, Pastor Jeff is um, he's already planned his um, series for the next three years. And uh, like, he's very organized and, uh, and I'm kind of exaggerating on the three years, but he um, he he would stick to his his uh, series, and so whenever he asked me to preach, I had to preach the series that he was going in. So, so it required me to to study beyond um, who I am as a as a normal um, student of 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 the word in, when it comes to preaching. That is, and uh, and so it I think it was the study part that really he really imparted into me, I guess you could say, um, because I had to learn to study um, greater depth to what I was talking about because anybody could take John 3.16 and, and, and wing it, you know what I mean? Anybody can take a famous verse and, and just kind of put up bits and pieces to it, but, but the scriptures that Jeff was giving me, it was like, man, i got to study forever to find out. And like, I'm, I'm literally rehearsing that scripture in my head for a month, sometimes two months if I know in advance, just thinking, where am I going with this message? And there was one time, I can't remember what it was, but he had me preach, and it was like the most depressing scripture. And I had to find something that was going to share with the congregation. And, and somehow it happened because it, it was teaching me to study and, and be uh, more studious when when it came to my preaching. And so I, I think that's the biggest thing that, that he taught me, but, but both him and, and pastor Darren before pastor Jeff at community, um, the thing I'm most thankful for is the opportunity. Um, because not every youth pastor gets to preach. Um, not every youth pastor gets to preach as much as I got to preach. And, uh, and, and not only that, like it was when I was preaching, I wasn't just preaching. I was running the entire service because Jeff was away. Now I wasn't leading worship because we didn't want people falling away from the Lord. Um, but I was, <laughs> you know, I was, I was opening service transition, doing, um, doing the communion, all that kind of stuff. And so just allowing me to gain experience, uh, was a big thing for me. Here with um, Adam Gilfillan, uh, adamgilfillan.com. Um, how do you deal with like as you're growing and developing these this this style of your own mm-hmm. a bad moment a bad sermon a sermon that you felt was like a winner and then you got up there yeah and it didn't win you were the opposite of 
<laughs> TJ Kelly, you were you the worst. Yeah. How how do you deal with that? Like how, like, how, like how did you like like because obviously you you have this confidence that's a, 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 in, enabled you now to do a lot of really good things, but you, nobody kind of gets up and starts amazing. Mm-hmm. You know I mean? Yeah. So like, like how how did you deal with like the the refining process of of building your craft of becoming a better communicator of learning these things? Like how did, what, what was it like for you when you got up there and you're like, I don't have it. It's mm-hmm. not there. Like what are some things that you're kind of going through in your mind at that time? Um, one of the things that I, I had to do was ask for honesty from some people. Um, you know, it was, you know, because sometimes I think the fault that we, I, I, that I find, and I, I know people find me too negative, but the, the fault that we have in social media is one of those places um, where everybody is an encourager because we're so against bullying <laughs> and I'm, I'm using bullying <laughs> as an example, but it's, it's like we've become the opposite where everybody kills it when they preach. Um, everybody kills it when they lead worship. When in reality, it's not always true. Um, you can have good content, but you might not be a good communicator. Um, you might have the passion to lead worship, but you might not be the best worship leader. Um, and it's not a negative thing. It just helps you understand that you have flaws and you need to improve on those things. Um, but I think one of the things that I had to do was practice, like literally practice. Um, you know, I would listen to myself and I would, and the thing with, with my brain is I, I remember a lot of moments, especially embarrassing moments in my life. I don't usually forget them. And, uh, and so I play over some of those bad messages and I remember where I went wrong and I, and I try and improve those and I, and I, and I practice it and I'll, I'll preach it again to myself. And, and that came from the first time I ever preached, um, at Greenfield park. Um, Dave Soames said to me, he goes, Adam on Saturday, come into the church and, uh, you're going to preach to me. And, uh, and so just me and my lead pastor sitting in his office and I'm preaching my message to him. And uh, it was cool. He accepted Christ at the end, and then um, you know, <laughs> you know, it was it was great. Um, <laughs> yes, but uh, but yeah, like it's it, it, honestly it's practice because you know you're not always going to be the best, you know, and, uh, and and this is what I learned from 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 Pastor Jeff, which he learned I think from Jason Spears, uh, which was you know you're not always going to hit home runs. Um, but sometimes you have to be okay with hitting singles and doubles um, because sometimes the singles and doubles, like that moves people around the bases, you know, and, uh, and we all, everybody wants to hit a home run every time they preach. Um, but the reality is you're not, you're not going to. And, uh, you know, even people who think they are, they're not always doing it. And so I, I just think you, you have to understand that it happens. But I think for me, the biggest development I had to do was practice and, uh, and, you know, there's other things that everybody else can say, which is like know your audience and and that kind of stuff. But but I think practice is a big thing, and that's what I when I've had students preach, I've told them I said before you get up there, make sure you've already preached this by yourself. You know. Yeah. So. Well, I, rem- I remember um, when I was helping out at a community uh, in Oshawa, now known as the yeah. Embassy of the Kingdom of God. Yeah. And I got asked. I think it was my, one of my probably one of my first three times preaching ever. And mutual friend, you mentioned him earlier, Tim Stevens. Was his pastor yeah. At the time. And he said, yeah. I listened to the tape. And you were funny. And you were this. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and, like, and, you were, and you were 54 minutes. Yeah. And I was like, what? 
He's like, yeah, I talked for almost an hour. You yeah. cannot do that. Yeah. And, you know, and, and the honesty in that moment to kind of go, like, yeah. you need to learn how to use your time and yeah. be smarter and not try to pander to the group and be funny, but actually get the content out. Yep. Something that, like, like, the honesty in that moment was something that was w- w- probably more helpful to me than he ever would have thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. As, as I, opposed to, like, you're right, like, like hashtag killing it, hashtag yeah. bringing down the glory. Which sometimes, and you know what you said about Jason Spears, a, a, a friend of a friend of both of ours, Mike Miller would say the same thing. Like there are Hall of Famers in baseball who have only hit singles and doubles. Yeah, exactly. Yep, so true. You know, and I, it's funny. I think um, Tim Stevens probably had the same conversation with me that he did with you because after I preached one time, he said, "Adam, your your sense of humor will be your biggest asset, but your biggest enemy." Yeah. Uh, because sometimes you just feel like I'm supposed to put humor here, but it's supposed to be a serious moment. And uh, it takes you down a different road that you're supposed to go. And that's where the 54 minutes comes from, you know, yeah. but now I, now I just call it anointing when I go that long. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It wasn't even on my page. It wasn't even yeah. on my page. God's giving no. words. It's true. I, I, I wrote it on the plane ride. <laughs> like, I was actually on the platform and God told me yeah. platform. Yeah. I had the message because somebody just walked in and I didn't know they were coming. And exactly. I really wanted to fully emerge it to what took me a little bit longer. Oh, yeah. So, so you're you youth pastor in Orleans for, for yeah. a number of years. And the meantime, yeah. while you're youth pastor, you're doing a great job doing that. The stirring begins in you. Yeah. The story begins. Walk me through a little bit of the, the stirring that's led you to where you're at right now. Mm-hmm. Um, early on, like it was just an itch to preach retreats and and stuff. But at the same time, early on, I I felt in my heart God kind of say, "Don't ask anybody." And uh, you know, like I I remember times thinking to myself, "Oh yeah, I'll just tell people that classic line." Hey, I'm going to be in your town. You know, <laughs> it's like, yeah, and, anybody, you know, anybody, yeah. Anybody, so, yeah, you know, and, but nobody, nobody had me and, and it was so discouraging. Like it was so frustrating for me. And, uh, but I, I loved it. I loved the communicating. And the thing is, I, I got to preach every Friday, you know, and we were also running young adults on Sundays. So I also got to preach on Sundays. And so mm-hmm. like I, I was preaching a lot, but it was just a different context and, and doing, you know, I just had an itch to do that. And so I loved when I got the opportunity to speak on Sundays because it was a different crowd. And, and I felt like I was able to connect with even that audience. Um, but um, over the past, like I was at community for eight years when I when I left. But um, it was in this, this last season, you know, like I'd say spring going into, uh, well, even more New Year. Jeff and I just had conversations. And uh there was one day he stood in my office and uh, he said, it was, it was very random. He just said, hey, do you wish you preached more, meaning at church? And, uh, and I said, well, of course, you, you know that. Like, that's what I love to do, but I'm not the lead pastor here. You're my pastor. And, and I, I, would never, I would never, like, complain that I'm not preaching enough because that's not my responsibility at this church. And, uh, and so I wanted to honor him as best as I could. And, uh, and so we just had conversations and he just asked me a couple times, like where my heart was at, if I was still there. And 
I came to a place where the things that I wanted to do or that I knew that our youth ministry needed, I couldn't give it um, what it needed. And, uh, and so I began to pray even more about what I wanted to do. And that itch was there. And like I said before, it happened after junior high convention where speaking with my wife, I was just like, Rach, I said, I, it's something I would really love to do. I said, I understand the reasons why we can't do it, but I would love to. And uh, I want to do it because I believe God's given me an ability and I want to use the abilities he's given me. And, uh, and so I, I uh, just had some more conversations and it was right before um, youth convention where I was sitting with, uh, with Jeff at Starbucks. And, uh, and I remember tears in my eyes and just, I, knowing in my heart that I was done, but but not being able to admit it, and uh, and then we had a conversation, and I I talked with my wife, and still praying about it, and uh, and I went into Jeff's office, and I said, "All right, I'm I'm done," and he's like, "What do you mean?" And I'm like, "I'm I'm done. Like I I'm finished here," and uh, and so I, he's like, "What do you want to do?" And I'm like, "I'm not sure," and I said, "I'm not sure" because I, it was hard to admit. Um, admit that that's what I was going to do. Like the thing that doesn't promise you an income, you know? And, uh, and so it was, it was kind of nerve wracking. And so we announced it the weekend after youth convention and, um, the church was a little bit surprised, but surprisingly enough, like there were so many adults, like seniors, even in our church that came up to me and were like, I'm not surprised by this. Like so many people told me like this past month, I said to somebody, I said, I think Adam's going to leave. And, uh, and people just kind of saw it and they, they saw this calling on my life. And, and, uh, and so it, for me, that was reassuring, um, you know, to know that I was feeling something that others were, were hearing as well. And, um, and so I, 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 I think my last, what was it? I guess the, the Sunday that, uh, was it Father's Day? I think because Jared was there, it's Father's Day weekend. I knew I knew what I was doing. I told Jeff, and so we were able to tell the congregation on my last Sunday what I was going to be doing. And uh, yeah, but it—I'll be honest—it was a scary decision. Like, there's nothing safe about about this, and um, you know. But I, I hold back to to Galatians, you know, chapter two, verse twenty. Right? It's—I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I li- who live, but Christ who lives in me. Right? And so for me that. It's not about me and my life. And, you know, and I, I had some conversations with people like I'm talking about pastors. Well, and, and not, not even people who were trying to be discouraging, but not making, you know, the decision I was about to make sound any better. And, uh, <laughs> you know, like I, I had people actually tell me, don't do this. You know, wow. like I had I had somebody say to me, like literally I'm sitting down at a table eating lunch. And this person says to me. Why would you do that? Like not in, oh, hey, that's cool. Why would you do that? It was, why would you do that? And, and then it, the conversation ended with, well, good luck. And, uh, and I was like, well, I believe in faith, not luck. And so, um, you know, on, like it was, it, was, it was one of the, I was so discouraged. I was so like, I'm like, I can't believe what I've just done. I've announced in my church that I'm leaving and it's a stupid mistake. And it was just so many like reasons why I shouldn't. And, uh, you know, you get the excuse, um, you have three young kids and a wife. And, and, uh, and I said to p- people, I said, that's exactly why I have to do this. You know, I, I said, I, I don't want to talk about faith to my kids. I want to live faith for them. And, uh, and so that's where we've come to. And it's been a process. Like, 
who, who am I? Like, you know, adamgilfillin.com. Sure. Like, you know who I am because we've known each other for years, but, but who am I as a communicator that, that people know that I'm out there? You know what I mean? Sure. And, uh, and that's the scary thing. And, and if we're t- being honest in Canada, there's not many people looking to do all these big conferences, you know? And so how many people, how, how often do people need a guest speaker and pay them an amount that allows them to live, you know? And, uh, and so it's been scary, but every single time, every corner I take, God shows up as faithful. And, uh, whether it's through, through a donation from someone, whether it's through, um, you know, a booking request happens. Like I had a booking request cancel on me. And then the week after I got a, a new booking request to replace that, you know? And, uh, and so it's, it's been, it's been a journey and it's, it's honestly, it's scary every day. Cause you know, like December I got, I got nothing, <laughs> you know? And then mm-hmm. in, in January I got one thing and then, you know, so it's like, it's sporadic, but but then, like I said, God shows up and, and he's faithful and it, it makes this process that much more exciting, you know. What so. are some things that, that, uh, that you learned? Like, because I'm not in that world, right? Like, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, that's not why, where I'm at. But you're in this world where you are traveling, mm-hmm. uh, where, you are, where you're, tr- you're trying in some way. It's just a weird dichotomy where you're trying to make a name for yourself, but at the same time trying to be humble and not make a name for yourself. If that makes any sense? Yeah. Uh, so how do you, like so? What are some things that you've learned, like on a practical side, about this about this side of the world? Because most of our peers, mm-hmm. you know, the, the the guys and girls that we have done this, have been in this game with, they're mm-hmm. not doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And even and even you know to name drop, you know Jeremy Arbrecht, who was uh, I think on episode four or five, I believe him and Melissa. Yeah. Jeremy yeah. has a job, and Jeremy gets to speak every now and again. Yeah. I have a job, and I get to speak every now and again. You, yeah. Your job is speaking. So what, yeah. Like so, like on a practical sense, what, what are some things that you've learned? Um, like when it comes to as a speaker, or when... and everything, Adam. I'm trying to learn from you, bro. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll talk about the administration side first. Let me just start with that because because I, I realize <laughs> I realize how horrible of an administrative side of things I was as a pastor and how frustrating that is for those trying to contact you. And so anybody listening to this, um, all seven of you who, um, who have ever tried, who have tried to communicate with me and I didn't answer an email, I apologize. Um, I see the other side of it now. And, uh, cause I, I've written people and, and just, just to, to say, hey, I don't need to preach at your church, but if you know somebody who's looking for somebody, I'd love for you to consider me. And um, and people don't respond, you know, like people just don't respond to you. And I get it. Like it's this game that, that I'm in, if you want to call it a game, like it's it's all relationships. Like yeah. it's all relationships. So if you don't have relationships, like you got to work even harder to build relationships. Um, the other thing that I would say for myself is, and I, I get this because I'm afraid of my wife and that is, um, I want to be as, um, easy to work with for any host as possible. Um, you know, because I've seen it go a lot better for me, you know, like, you know, I don't want to be the kind of guy who's demanding, like, you need to take me out for supper now. You need to, you need to bring me here. You need to bring me there. Like I, I want 
them bringing me to be a good experience for them yeah, and, for sure. uh, and, and not expect things, you know, I've been, I've been treated so well everywhere I've gone. Um, but I don't ever want to come to the place where I expect a Starbucks in my hand when I, when I get to the airport, you know what I mean? <laughs> That'd like, be awesome, though. But, but Hey, if you that, want to, I'm said, okay with it. That yeah, being said, you know, <laughs> but, um, but just that side of things is, um, is, is some, I'm just trying to be, I want the host to know that I'm there to serve them and not them to serve me. Um, you know, and, and that's, that's the biggest thing for me. Um, as a communicator, the thing I go back to all the time is my humor. Um, I, I, I think the, the thing that I've learned the most as a communicator is how to use my sense of humor. Um, and I think the biggest thing that I learned was how to make fun of myself. I think I talked about this uh, back at convention. But it's just being able to make fun of myself has been the biggest tool that I've been able to use um, because every single person in the room has an opportunity to laugh if I make fun of myself. Um, you know, if I make fun of somebody in the room, that person misses out. And, uh, and, and I found humor has been able to break down walls um, that, you know, sometimes you can't break down with just speaking to somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like last weekend, I spoke last week, I spoke for a um, high school leadership camp, like a public high school in Montreal. And, um, and it was cool. Like I thought, okay, how am I going to talk about, you know, stuff that I'm so used to using God in. And now if I use God, I got to end it with a swear word just so I can fit in. Um, you know, like it's like, it's, it's a difficult thing, but you know, I, they introduced me as a former pastor. Like they, they said that my experience, so right away I'm able to talk about church stuff, but the feedback that they, the teachers got from people was we loved his sense of humor. It made us able to relate better to him. And, uh, and so that's been the biggest thing for me. But like we said before, learning how to use your sense of humor is so key. Yeah. Um, because it, it's a, it's a big tool, um, for you. But, um, the other things that I've learned, it's a lonely, 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 um, job to have. Um, like the benefits, I get to spend time with my kids more. I'm with my wife more. Um, like I, I drop my kids off and pick them up every day from school, which is yeah. great. It's just, it's awesome. And you know, the, um, the receiving party that I have when I get home from a trip is amazing. Now they just are looking for gifts, but it's pretty cool. Um, you know, but, yeah. but I, I think, um, the part that's hard is I, I'm a relational person. I, I enjoy my friends. I enjoy being around my friends. So when I worked at community, like I loved who I worked with. Like it was, it like you know Jeff Hillier, Jordan Nar, and Steve Odd. Like those guys. I know we had more staff, but those guys specifically are the guys that I would hang out with. Jordan and I would literally talk through the wall because it was that thin, and just like have a conversation that way. And and I and now I just go to Starbucks to work and you know, maybe somebody will look at me and, and nod because they think I'm staring awkwardly, you know, mm-hmm. and that's my, my, con- that's my connection to somebody for a yeah. day, which is, which is really, really difficult for, for me to, to kind of transition from everyday connection to, Hey, if somebody walks in, I might be able to talk to somebody, you know? And so yeah. well, that's the, that's a difficult part for me. Like I remember when, um when Matt James, oh. who I replaced at agent court, uh, he was doing uh, missions work uh, before mm-hmm. doing the STM network. He said that one of the hardest things for him in that transition period, even he was doing a lot of retreats, a lot of speaking, was he missed being a part of a team. 
like he missed like what you're saying like you're describing like, yeah. like he yeah. missed like the camaraderie of like being able to walk down to someone's office and just kind of shoot the breeze for a little bit or brainstorm on an, on an issue as opposed mm-hmm. to it's you I can I can imagine a church planter at the beginning feeling the same way where it's you and a laptop and a latte every day at the same spot yeah right? yeah right yeah. right and right and and and, yeah. uh, and having to start in chase as opposed to just kind of being at that beginning stage like not beginning stage but like it's just easy just because everyone's already there and mm-hmm. already, already together and another thing I, I, I point out yeah. too that you said and i remember when I, when we when we resigned from adrian court was you realized and it's only been a couple of months ago that i kind of realized this you you look at your group and you're like i can't take you any further than where i've gone yeah than where we are like i, I can't push this wall anymore like you actually need i remember like looking at our our student ministry staff team, our young adults. I remember all these things, and people they love you, but you're mm-hmm. like, it's the voice. The my voice is now that voice on peanuts. The want 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 want. And yeah. you're smiling because you like me, but you're not really getting it anymore. And you actually need a new voice to actually yeah. help push you further than where, where yeah. I can actually push you. So it's interesting, yeah. kind of hearing you going like, oh, okay, I'm not crazy. Like that's an actual thing. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, you know, when when the search began for the new youth pastor, like I stayed the entire process. Like literally, um, my last day was on the Sunday, and the next guy came in on the Monday. Um, like that's how we did our transition because I said, look, I have nowhere to go, so I'm willing to stay here till you guys find someone. And uh, and the funny thing is, the person who they hired, I I wanted him um, for to replace me, and Jeff had no clue. Like we didn't talk about it. Um, we didn't, we didn't have a conversation about who to, who to pick. Um, Cause I didn't want to interfere in that. And I know Jeff wouldn't put that on me either. And, uh, and, and Jeff's a good enough leader. He doesn't need my opinion anyways, but, uh, but true. the reality is, but the reality is like, I, I remember the week before I announced it, I, I went to Nick Romain, who is the, the new youth pastor there. And I, I said to him, I said, so you have a, do you have a church yet? Anything lined up? He goes, no, nothing really. And I said, well, I'm sure something will come up. And, and I knew what was happening. And so the week after I announced it, and then when I was just kind of, um, I think after service, I texted, texted him and he knew by then. And I said, are you going to apply? He was like, no way, Jeff Hillier is going to hire me. And um, and I, I just, in, in, in my heart, I knew that what he could bring to the table at this season of that youth ministry is what they need. And then from that, he'll he'll be able to grow into what they need next, you know? Um, but, but where he's at now, um, you know, he's in a, he's a dating relationship, no kids or anything like that. He can, he can give as much time as he needs. And, uh, and our group was at a point where they needed relationship building more than just preaching. You know what I mean? And, um, and so I was, when, when they, when I found out it was him, I was so excited because, um, because I, I knew that he would be great. And I, I told our congregation this, and I don't say this to, you know, to, just to say it for for saying you know, for saying it purposes, I say it because I believe it. Like I truly believe Nick will be the best youth pastor they ever had um, at that church because it's it's it should never be as it should never just be good once and then it, everything else after that's bad, right? And, and so I, I think he's going to be better and bring more to the table than I could than I was able to bring, and it's gonna it's gonna keep getting better. And maybe somebody come in after him and it'll be better after that. But but at this season right now, I, I'm I'm Nick's biggest fan because because I know that he has the goods to bring this youth group to another level, you know. And uh, and, and, and shouts so, to the yeah. young guy, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Shouts to the young guy, Nick Romain. 
for sure. Like he's, he preached his first message this past Sunday and, and, you know, he's just, he's such a funny guy. I actually met with him today, but the, the reality for me, like wanting to see the person after you succeed, I think is an important thing, you know, cause sometimes guys just leave and, you know, they go to other churches and they just get caught up. I'm sitting here in the same city seeing everything happening and uh and it's like okay this is good i i I want him to be better i want him to to do well and so um it's it's cool being the person who is on the sideline now cheering on the youth pastor who just took your spot you know so and 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 it it takes a lot to be able to do that Mm -hmm. i'm that kind of guy say like i yeah well and that's been you from time (laughs) Right. Like you, you're, you cheer as much as you want to take the shot. You have no problem making the pass. For sure. For sure. I I just think you, you know, you'll never get anywhere wanting to be the guy who just wants to shoot, even though I love to shoot, you know, like I love, there's no, we're both fans. Yeah. Well, there's no hiding. I love the center of attention at times, you know, and, and sometimes that, that hurts me, but um, it's just for me, I, I just feel like, being the center of attention people will like me like my wife asked me the question she laughs at me because she's like so what if you met this person i'm like i really think that they would like me and want to be my friend you know because like i think i'm that (laughs) i'm that awesome of a person and she's like you're so cocky and i'm like pretty much but um you know but that's the thing like it's i think if if it becomes about us like I, i i think um we're actually not just hurting others, we're hurting ourselves more than anything because you're not going to grow just cheering for yourself, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and the reality is I, I love, I, and I said this to, like if, if right now Jeff were to come to me and, and my transition was complete and, and I was done with what I'm doing, he said, do you want to work here? I would work there again because I love that church. I love the people there. And, uh, and so, of course, whoever goes in after me, I want them to, to succeed because that means my church succeeds, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for you. I'm, I'm as, a, as a friend, as a brother, I'm afraid for you all the time, but I'm also excited <laughs> for you. That makes any sense? For sure. Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 I give like, that all the I'm time. Like, oh gosh, you know, like I want to make sure. Like, I hope I'm doing well. But then, like, then I see, like, hey, I, I, I'm on a plane going here. I'm doing this, and and the guy's yeah. doing the guy's doing the dang thing really well, which is really exciting. Yeah. You know, to be able to see that, and and um, and the more you're out there, the more your name gets out there. The more your name gets out there, the more things you're able to do. The more things you're able to do, the more your name gets out there. That sort of thing. It's like all cyclical. So I'm I'm excited for you and and for Rachel and for and for the girls. Even though I'm sure only two of the three of them fully understand what's going on. Yeah, Olivia actually prays. She says, "God, we just pray that you open up um, America for for my dad." Um, <laughs> and but her her reasons are selfish. It's because she thinks America has is like the capital of American Girl Store. And so that means oh, she gets okay, to go to an American sense. girl. So she's just more selfish in her prayers, but I'll receive them if I benefit from that. So, yes, I, you know, and you know, she's, she's basically asking for the wall to not get built so you can make it. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Pretty much. And that is my, that is my post-election post moment. <laughs> yes. Of this yeah. podcast. Um, well, I, it is getting late and you've been playing basketball. I do need to ask you this question before you go. Sure. Um, we, you and I, we are both Laker fans. Yeah. Um, um, and my favorite basketball player, Luke Walton, oh, yeah. is the coach. <laughs> I, 
how, how many times have I sent you posts about Luke Walton over the years? <laughs> and my response is always like, Ugh, I hate him. I want him dead. He's the worst. All the time. Yeah. He's coaching and they are 10 and 10. Dude, I think he was the X factor for Golden State. Like Golden State's good. Don't get me wrong. Golden State has all the tools. But I, I think he was a huge X factor. I think he was so well liked by the players as well. And, uh, and so I think him going to LA is a great place for him to go. And, and I, I think they, they're playing for him. They like him. He's a good guy. Like, I think he's probably a better coach than he was a player. Um, I, I and I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure his assessment of the game, uh, when he describes it to his players is not as annoying as his father's was when he used to commentate <laughs> the, the bulls versus jazz games back in the day. Um, so yeah. <laughs> like, they're saying like, if, if the season was to end today, they are saying that he'd be an early favor for coach of the year. Yeah. For what should have been two in a row. Like he would have won it last year if if he was actually the head coach. Like and and technically, in my opinion, he actually sh- like Steve like it should have been shared. Absolutely, like, it's a stupid like, rule yes. that. It, it's a dumb rule. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, so, but, so uh, what what are you liking in basketball right now? Like what do you like? You know, you're 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 a Carolina blue guy, and I was driving. Absolutely, I, was, I had to go to Walmart, and I was driving. I was remembering that like your Eric Montross led. <laughs> Carolina Tar Heels beat my yeah. Michigan Wolverines, so you have that over me. Yeah, like yeah. so, college balls back, NBA balls back in a big way. Like, what do you, what do you love? Yeah. What are you loving right now? Um, I just like I, I haven't. I mean, like the thing I hate about college ball is that it takes forever to come on TV, and I get it because they're they finished up with college football and and stuff. So I really look forward to that. Like, like you said, Tar Heels. Um, is is the team I love to watch NBA? I just I love some of these young guys that are in the league right now, and um, and it's exciting to watch. Like you look at the Lakers and and the the they're young but they're energetic. Like you look at Randall, what he did the other night. You know, That's like crazy. He, he looks good out there. Yeah, but but you know the biggest question I have for the NBA right now is will Westbrook be the first individual to carry a team all the way, the way he, the way he plays. That's a good point. That's a good question. Cause there, I, there's no way, there's no, there's no way someone could keep that pace up. You know what I mean? Like, like once you get to playoffs, like, cause he doesn't play just a few minutes. He plays long minutes and hard minutes. You know what I mean? And like, like he attacks the basket with force and it's just deadly. But I just, I just don't know because that's what we saw with with Harden, right? Like Harden did all this scoring, no defense, but all this scoring and all that kind of stuff, and then Houston would die out in the end. So my question for for the NBA is: Can go further just by himself? And I I don't know if it's possible, you know. So it'll be interesting to watch that. that. He's like the. How does he's like the better version of Kobe Bryant? Like if Kobe Bryant, yeah, was willing to trust and pass. Like the fact that Westbrook gets as triple doubles and assists, fourteen assists. Yeah, like I, like, I know that's, that that's incredible, and and he's still scoring thirty nine yeah. points. I know. It makes no I sense. I know to it's me. crazy. Yeah, 
but like our most of his assists are it's just him driving right like it's it's him going to the basket and okay i can't dunk this one so i'm passing right but i think yeah i think the issue that he'll the, the issue he'll face in my opinion is if could you like imagine a playoff series between golden state and oklahoma city like that's you know the nba wants that to happen right oh, badly um but but i just but i just think that what will be his downfall if that were to happen is trying to prove kevin durant wrong and uh and that will be his his achilles heel basically where it makes him stumble because he's trying to do everything just to win this series you know it's like it's like um the habs or trying to give us another example but like the habs they they'll beat boston bruins in the playoff in the same series and it's like the stanley cup but then they lose you know or like the jays they can beat texas but they can't beat the next team you know what i mean you put so much effort into that one thing you know and then you can't and then you have no juice in the next in the next round and you lose you know so i don't know it'll be interesting let me ask you this question then nba finals if the nba finals are starting tonight who's who's Mm -hmm. in the east who's in the west (sighs) <sighs> it sucks because I don't want it to be the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, Cause I just, I don't want LeBron to go to another finals. Um, especially after watching him dance in the baseball playoffs. Um, you know, I just, but I, how do you, how do you go against Cleveland and um, Golden State? How, how do you go against them? You know I what I mean? Like can do it. I Golden think State can will actually make it. They just smoked Cleveland tonight. Like it was, I think they won by twenty. Wow, really? And so, yeah, the Clippers do look good, but for them, it all comes down to injury. At the end of the season, Chris Paul seems to be slow at the end of the season and and needs like some kind of shots just to get him through a game. And then you have Blake Griffin, who has he played a full healthy season? You know, like it's uh, it's tough to to see. But um, Cleveland could, Cleveland could do it. It's just I I think what you're seeing with Golden State, like the the losses that they've had, the hiccups. It's just like what happened with with Miami when when the big three were formed back then. It, they didn't start off great. You know, they just they got like better. Six at one point. So yeah, like uh, so I, I don't know, like. I just—it's hard to see, but but okay. I, and my, my my this is my last think, question. My last question. I think for me, sorry, go ahead. Okay, go no, ahead. No, no, no. You yeah. say you say you're gonna say. I have my last question. No, I, I was just gonna say. Like I think, um, coming out of the East, what what could surprise people are are guys like Indiana, mm-hmm. because oh, I, I think they have a good team. They're just they're just underrated. They're just. You just don't talk about them because it's Indiana, but Paul George is a beast, you know, and uh, and I think he is like not talked about enough in the NBA. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Like, he, like, he put the hurting on Toronto last year in the playoffs. Oh, absolutely. By himself. Uh, yep, absolutely. So, my, these are my last question now. Okay. Should he stay healthy? What happens with our Habs? And you already know who he Sorry, is. I can't. I'm, I'm mentioning. Okay. Who should like what happens with our Habs? Should he stay healthy? 
I don't want to mention his name to jinx it. Um, I think what comes down to is the way he's playing. Can anybody beat him in a seven game series right now? I don't know. I don't right? think they can. Like that's that, that that's the, that's the toughest thing. I, I I know that's been the question before, but like I don't know if he's really finished a series healthy yet. Um, nope. So I I, I want to see him stay healthy the entire playoffs. They they need to add a score. Like that's that's their thing is is after Galchenyuk and Radulov, like who's doing their scoring? You know, it's Tori Mitchell's not going to score. Um, at the pace he was scoring to begin the season, as, even though you know he's a good Greenfield Park native, um, you know he's not going to, <laughs> he's not he's yes. not going to produce. He's a fourth liner, fourth liner, you know. So uh, he that guy needs to stay healthy, um, but they're going to need other guys to step up. Okay, I, I feel the same way. Uh, Mills does not want Patrick Ready to do well, you know. So yeah. That's well, where I'm at. I, I only but know it's going to be a good season. I, I, know, I know one person doesn't want him to do well, and he yeah. lives in Nashville. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. He doesn't. Um, he, yeah. 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 You, you, you already know. <laughs> but, yeah. But I'll, I'll, let, let me just say this. Let me just say this. I'm not a Toronto Maple Leaf fan, and the way that I saw – um, the TFC celebrating yesterday. I can't imagine if the Leafs were to do something well in the playoffs, um, what would happen in Toronto. Um, but having said all that, as much as I detest them, I I like their young players. Um, yeah. And I actually think right now, Marner is, every time I watch a game that he's playing in, I hear his name being mentioned and he's super fun to watch and I'm I'm not saying Matthews isn't that good. I'm saying right now Marner is an exciting player to watch. So no, it's, yeah. it's and that's as much here. credit as I'll give the Toronto over in my life. It's it's crazy up here in the six right now. I will say that. Like it's you oh, know, yeah. the fans yeah. have a lot to cheer about, and it's crazy to listen to them get confident. And I don't like yeah. it. I hate it actually. It's crazy, <laughs> yeah, but, absolutely. I mean, the tip have the TFC yeah. one, and they beat they beat our impact, which is weird. Like it's a weird sort of thing to kind of yes. my duplicity of 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 church and state and city and city, right? But they won yesterday. You know, you have the, the Raptors oh, yeah. Eastern Conference Finals. The Jays going to this uh, top four teams in all of baseball. Now TFC. Yeah, it's only a matter of time. That's all I'll say. Yeah. It's only a matter of it's time. It's only right? a matter of time before the b- 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 before the Marlies do something. Yes, and on that note, on that victorious note, uh, <laughs> thanks Adam for giving giving of your time. And uh, I know that you know, uh, yeah, you, you're you're um, you, you got to get all cleaned up from watching from playing ball and watching ball. Uh, so thanks so much for doing this. Listen, sure. listen, I love you. You're you're my brother, and I'm always thinking and praying for you, and excited for what comes next. And I love seeing that you're here, there, and and everywhere um, for the awesome. sake of the gospel and taking care of Rachel and the girls and. Uh, and living out this dream that you have, and I want to mm-hmm. check back. Like I want to do another like three months to find out like what's it been like three months later, and check in because you know like the reality is we have students and people who are mm-hmm. listening to this, the seven of them, mm-hmm. um, who think that they <laughs> they will graduate school and do what you're doing right now. And for you to say, yeah, it, it the amount of years it took to get there, yeah, to, get to right here, 
is is, yeah. is is a really 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 wise thing and so i want to be able to look back on this and and so i'm excited for that man cool man i appreciate it. i appreciate what you do and and uh your voice in my life over the years i've uh i've always appreciated it so thanks for having me on this well the mastercast is better because we've had you on it my friend <laughs> i'm not surprised <laughs> all right dude take it easy all right yeah you too take it easy all right bye-bye bye uh, that was my friend, my brother, Adam Gilfillan of adamgilfillan.com. If you're uh, a youth pastor and you're looking to book a retreat or a youth night or a leadership event or uh, something that requires somebody to articulate the gospel in a way that uh, may be new or fresh for your group, uh, adamgilfillan.com. Check out my homie. Uh, book them. Uh, it's worth it. Uh, you will you'll be very thankful that you did it. So adamgilfillan.com, good friend of mine. He's good people. It's always good to to boost your friends, to boost your friends. And so I'm going to boost uh, my friend Adam all day. And that has been this uh, edition of the MasterCast. Hopefully this comes out tomorrow, depending on edits and all that good stuff. Uh, while you're waiting for the next MasterCast, which should either be next week or the week after because of the school year and because it's going on to Christmas time, uh, we might go on a little bit of a hiatus after next week uh, and coming back into the second or third week of January with a couple of uh, new episodes. Kind of give us a little bit of, of break time. Uh, in the meantime, like I said, the opening of this uh, podcast, make sure to subscribe on iTunes or on SoundCloud to the MasterCast. And then while you're subscribing, leave a nice little review for your homie. Uh, the more good reviews, the more we're able to, to, to do more good things with this MasterCast. And while you're leaving reviews for said MasterCast, make sure to check out Master's Collins and Seminary on all social media devices, all social media platforms uh, under the title Masters Pete Bo. That is Masters, capital P, capital T, capital B, capital O. Make sure to follow us. And if you want information on Masters College and Seminary, check out mcs.edu. That is the website that you need to have on your bookmark anywhere and everywhere that you go. And as for me, I am your friend Chris Chase, a.k.a. that Chris Chase on Twitter, a.k.a. Chris Chaser doing it for the gram i tried snapchat for like two weeks it's, it's not me not not my thing uh and i am here signing off from my kitchen and it has been the mcs mastercast <laughs>